0: One final prediction of the 53-man roster and Sam Darnold film in addition to a little camp recap. Sabo Radio, Jets X Factor, JetsXFactor.com. We were going to do a live show tonight, uh, start transitioning into the live shows as Blue It did earlier this week, a couple days ago. But I figure Labor Day weekend, Friday, nah, let's not do that. So, maybe Monday, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or, you know, Monday, Thursday, Sunday, something like that. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, three days a week, where we'll transition into more of a live show where people could call in, uh, you know, comment live on YouTube. It'll go on Facebook as well. And, For those who are on the channel, you saw it with Blewett with Kyle Smith at his side. I think it was two nights ago. I think it was Wednesday night, Wednesday or Thursday night. But anyway, no live show here. Strict recording. Jets final final 53-man roster prediction. Everyone's giving their opinion. Everyone's providing their output, their input, any kind of... Last-minute shockers. basically, it's like this: You predict the 53-man roster, and I don't care who you are, you're wrong. It's just the way it goes every year. You put out these predictions and you're wrong. And with COVID and the pandemic this year, I don't know if it'll make it more cookie-cutter and have the predictions come true more. It's possible. Because, guys, you know, coaches haven't been able to see some of the young players. There have been no preseason. So a lot of those kids can't stand up and shine. You know, in camp, Jets camp this year, Mike White was one of those kids who played well. Uh, Javelin Guidry at the beginning, but he tailed off. And we'll let you know about what we think, what I think is going to happen to Guidry. Lawrence Cager had had his uh, moments, got injured, which is the big issue with him, probably why he wasn't drafted. Uh, But in terms of ability, in terms of what he could offer as a receiver, not many guys can do what he does. So those guys had moments, but I think because of the pandemic, because of no preseason, because of uncertainty, I think the rosters will be more uh, easy to predict. Obviously, there'll be cuts after the initial 53. Obviously, there'll be signings. Uh, for instance, Zane Lewis, the cornerback, was just an uh, Air Force kid, was just picked up off of waivers, and he was picked up off waivers late. That usually indicates the GM really likes him, and he's going to make the 53-man roster. Obviously, it's not uh, anything locked in stone, but those sort of things where, where you think it, that could happen, that gets multiplied by a handful when they cut down. And surprises that no one could ever predict it happen, But we'll roll through the 53 here. Because. uh, Everyone else is. The interesting decision. Is obviously quarterback. Joe Flacco was signed. They want Joe Flacco in the room. He cannot go on IR. I forget the reason why he can't go on IR. I think it's because. Um, he needed to be cleared at the beginning, beginning of camp. I, I don't remember, but on the pup list, he could be transferred from the active to the reserve pup list and miss the first six weeks, weeks of the season. That's pretty much the only option that and making the team. And if he makes the team, what is Joe Douglas going to do? Sam Darnold, Mike White, James Morgan, David fails. They'd like David fails because of how he understands Adam Gase's system. So they'd like having him in that room. But Mike White severely outplayed, fails on the field this summer. I don't think Douglas wants to lose Mike White. And you know Douglas doesn't want to lose James Morgan. Even though Morgan struggled a bit, he's a worthwhile pick in a spot where the Jets needed other assets, other needs, up and down the depth chart. So Douglas won't want to lose him. Does he have the stones to cut Morgan after one summer? I think maybe he does, but I don't think he can. I don't think he can afford it. It's not like Mike White was Joe Montana this August. He was impressive, but if it comes down to White or Morgan, they're going to choose Morgan. I don't even know if they're going to choose White over Fails, but I went Darnold, White, and Morgan as the three three quarterbacks with Flacco starting the year on a pup list. So even if he's healthy, come week two, week three, Flacco, he won't return after until after the first six weeks of the season. I think that's the best route to go. If not, they're gonna have to carry four guys, and no one, no GM wants to carry four guys. Running backs, Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, LaMichael Perrine, Josh Adams. I think they would rather three here because Bell, Gore, and Perrine are as solid as they come as a trio. But Perrine's banged up. So I think Josh Adams squeezes in there. He can help in other areas. And he's a Joe Douglas guy coming from Philly. So pretty straightforward with the running backs four. If they go with three, we obviously know who they are. But I think Perrine's injury, his ankle injury, and when he comes back is the key. If he comes back soon, no Josh Adams. And they keep three. Wide receivers, Brashad Perryman, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder. Braxton Berrios, Lawrence Cager, Chris Hogan. Yes, Lawrence Cager over Dante Moncrief. Why? We already touched on it. The guy could do things few receivers can do. It's just that simple. He could high point it. He could catch it in traffic. He could be that fade guy in the red zone they need. You know, Perryman and Mims have that ability obviously as well, but they were hurt a lot. We saw Cager do it a lot with Mike White. I don't care how injury prone he may be. Douglas won't want to lose a guy like that. He won't want to. I mean, maybe the practice squad is possible. Would he get sniped? It's possible. Um, Another team could claim him. It's extremely possible. And he could be on the 53 of that other team. That's how it works. If you claim a guy off the practice squad, sign a guy off the practice squad, there's no claiming. So, I think it's Cager, and I think it's six receivers. Last year, they started with five, but six because Mims is still banged up. Perryman's still banged up. You got Crowder, Berrios, Cager, Hogan, no Moncrief, no Josh Malone, even though he's come on, no Jehu Chesson, even though he's come on. Uh, it's It's actually a deep group. As much as Jets fans want to smash the unit and destroy it, it's actually pretty deep. You know, reserves, Vincent Smith, Josh Doxon, Josh Bellamy. Bellamy still on the roster, technically, even though his Jets career is all but over. He uh, got put on the season-ending pup, along with Quincy Inunua earlier this offseason, and then Inunua was cut. Doxon, we know he opted out. Vincent Smith, you know the deal there, surgery. Um, George Campbell, Jeff Smith. Jeff Smith, tough tough for him because he started out... uh, as a starter and 11 personnel because of the injuries and just got banged up and hasn't been back on that first team since Uh, DJ Montgomery, another recent waiver claim. They're all practice squad candidates. I go with six here, Hogan and cager over Moncrief over Jeff Smith, over Josh Malone. I feel pretty good with those six tight ends. Three Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, Trevin Wesco. Can they keep Daniel Brown? Of course. But I think he's on the outs a bit. And I think the Jets feel comfortable with three tight ends because of Gase's pension to play 11 personnel, to play three receivers. So Herndon, Griffin, Wesco. Wesco's the de facto fullback, H-back. Clear cut. Tackles, three. Makai Beckton, George Fant, Chumadoga. Will Douglas keep nine or ten offensive linemen? Eight is the minimum per league rules. Chuma Doga scares me. I think he could get cut. But the problem there is you don't really have another tackle you want on the team. Connor McDermott could play guard and tackle. He's more of a guard. If you cut a Doga, are you keeping Quali? Are you keeping Hilbers, the undrafted guy? It would probably be McDermott, and McDermott's not a true tackle, so you want more than two true tackles on the team. Uh, I know Van Rotten and Clark could pay ta- play right tackle in a pinch. Fanton would move over to left tackle if Becton ever got hurt. But I'll, I'll roll with Adoga, take my chances. Becton, Fant, Adoga. Guards, four. Alex Lewis, Greg Van Rotten, Cameron Clark, Josh Andrews. Straightforward, um, you know, practice squad candidate, Brad Lundblade. Jared Hilber's for tackle. We move on. Centers, Connor McGovern, Jonathan Harrison. Let's not even discuss it. Uh, but let's discuss one thing the depth. Again, the superstars aren't there. Hopefully, Beckton could be one. Hopefully, McGovern uh, raises his game even further. Maybe he could squeeze in the top six, seven centers in a league. That would be tremendous. But the depth is there. You got Adoga, you got Cam Clark, who they love. You got Josh Andrews. You got Jonathan Harrison on the second team. You know, that's not bad. So kudos to Douglas for what he did with the offensive line uh, this offseason. Interior defensive lineman, six. Last year, they kept a bunch, eight or nine, I remember. And it shocked me. Overall was six this time around. Uh, They need... uh, Quicker bodies for special teams. and Williams, Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson, Kyle Phillips, Foley, Fatukasi, Nathan Shepard. Nathan Shepard scares me a bit, but who are the alternatives? Franklin Myers. I wouldn't call Willis defensive lineman. He's an edge. He's an outside linebacker. Or, or a 4-3 D-end. I think those six are pretty uh, good to roll with at this point. Edge players, five. Jordan Jenkins, Terrell Basham, Jabari Zuniga, Frankie Luvu, Jordan Willis. Five is a bit much. Four is usually the number here within a 3-4 scheme. The tough one here is Harvey Lange. And I think they like Willis better than Lange at this moment. Willis is getting some time with the first team along with Louvu. With Basham out, with Zuniga, slow to come back from that quad. So I think Willis is the right guy here over Langy. And if they keep five, Willis should make it. Luvu, he's a guy who's come on strong as of late. I- I'd be shocked if he gets cut. Inside linebackers, Neville Hewitt, Avery Williamson, Blake Cashman, Patrick Anwuassar. A domino fell earlier today where James Burgess Jr. got cut. And remember, he didn't make the team last year. He's one of those guys who are always on call for Greg Williams, for the Jets. So he's been released already. Jets probably did him a service by doing that to see if he can catch on with another team. Uh, you know, people know he's available now 24 hours prior to cutdowns, Saturday at 4 p.m. So he could be fresh in the mind. But again, if he doesn't catch on, he could be a guy that the Jets call. Uh, Hewitt, Williamson, Cashman, Anuasar. The only issue is Anuasar's injury. What do they do there? Uh, Reserves, obviously, C.J. Mosley for the season, opt out. Who knows what happens in his return next year in in the game of football, taking two years off and trying to play again? Not easy. Cornerbacks, Pierre Desir, Blesson Austin, Brian Poole, Arthur Mallett, Quincy Wilson, Zane. Lewis, and that's the one shock I have. Zane Lewis making it as a relative unknown because he's he's he was a recent pickup. Um, I could see Guidry or Hairston. Hairston's a surprise cut for me. I could see Guidry as well. Guidry started strong, kind of faded a little bit. Was the second team slot guy all the way. The reason why Guidry has a leg up, in my opinion, is because he fits that slot. Perfectly. He's the perfect slot guy. He's small. reminds me of Ray Mickens. He's uh, shorter. He's quick. His feet are ridiculously quick. And his 40 time is absurd. So even though he, he's not polished, he's raw, he kind of fits that nickel back that could turn into something. And I think Douglas might see that, but we, we'll see. Or Greg Williams, better yet. Um, so Lewis over Guidry. And Harrison, but we shall see. That's the one I went off. I stepped off the ledge a bit with that one. Bryce Hall will start on the, Um, I don't know what they're going to put him on, to be honest. It, reserve, either IR or PUP. I don't know. He was on the COVID too. He got He got taken off COVID, but he's still dealing with that injury. He might be on the non-football injury list right now, if I remember correctly. So I don't know what exactly what his options are. I don't think it's as bad as Flacco, though, with the six weeks. But I don't see him making the 53. Uh, practice squad candidates, like I said, Guidry and Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson will find himself in the practice squad unless another team unless, comes calling and he goes. Safeties for May, McDougald, Ashton Davis, Matthias Farley. I've seen a lot of three safety uh, picks here in I, I could buy into that if if not for one thing Brent Boyer loves Matthias Farley he's going to be a, a big special teams guy he's playing personal protector on the punt team I think when Farley wasn't there Ashton Davis filled in so if they need to cut Farley I'm sh- sure they can and throw Davis in there or a different guy but I do know Farley's big on the special teams I do know Brent Boyer likes him so I'll, I roll with four here Six corners, makes 10 DBs. Practice squad candidates, Shaheem Carter. Special team, Sam Ficken, Braden Mann, Thomas Hennessy, and away we go. Brett Maher. I don't know if it's Meyer Maher got cut, so we know the deal there. Here is the, for the people on YouTube, here is the graphic, the depth chart for the 53-man roster prediction. And I didn't... I didn't go crazy with the depth. For example, Adoga or Fant would probably be the backup left tackle. So if it was a real depth chart, I put Fant behind Becton in addition to his starting right tackle job, then Adoga behind him. I just wanted, I didn't want to double any of the names up to confuse people. So um, that's basically like Arthur Mallet backing up pool at nickel uh, slot corner. He could obviously play the outsides as well. He does all the time. And that's one thing to keep an eye on. Will Desir be healthy enough? to to play week one uh, we shall see in terms of a quick camp recap I mean it was unlike any camp anyone's ever gonna experience uh, Jet staff had to do a lot of extra running around PR staff to abide by the guidelines and do the right thing for everybody and uh, that was the first and um, pretty much only concern for everybody initially in terms of the play on the field, injuries. And again, I don't think it's last year in which there are legitimate serious injuries. I think the organization was being smart. They saw what was ahead. They saw the grind. They know the communication was going to, is going to be an issue for all the teams, so they figured, you know what, let's try to be as healthy as possible. You know, the, to hell with... Uh, old school tradition to hell with uh, communication and trying to be together as a team yeah we might struggle in the beginning but our plan is to have the horses as the season progresses uh denzel mims he talked to the media after practice two days ago or three days ago i forget which day and you could tell he's chomping at the bit he, he's frustrated he wants to go back and he said he would definitely be ready for week one who's to say he wasn't ready to come back 10 days ago but the Jets are taking this tact. It's extremely possible. Uh, This week, a lot of guys can return to practice on the same day. So we'll see what happens. But in terms of a recap, Darnold started very slowly. He he wasn't great. And then over the last three, four days, he really picked it up, including, uh, I think it was the last podcast, we discussed it, where he just picked apart the defense. Uh, Gase, you know, usual Gase, ribbing it with uh, Samini and well, the veteran beat writers, um, you know, he knows the injuries are a concern, so he's careful when discussing injuries. He never wants to have a misstep. Uh, one of the recent missteps was Brashad Perryman, where he thought he'd have him back already, and he's still not back. And he admitted, "Yeah, my fault." Him in the Le'Veon Bell situation, Hammy Gate, and yeah, it's stupid to call everything any every controversial event. Whatever gate is silly, and I just did it stupid so you know the communication with gase and bell needs to be there bell uh, spoke to the media again this week he said um you know he kind of put it on his own shoulders that between him gase and the trainer the communication wasn't fully there i think if bell had to do it over again he wouldn't go to twitter right away uh you know the the positives other than you know Outside, looking outside of the injuries, the positives are really simple. Darnell's healthy, and the offensive line is really healthy. You know, they need the offensive line to do, you know, to play at least average ball and come together. The only injuries they've experienced, Alex Lewis got banged up recently, Greg Van Rotten missed a day or two, and Cam Clark. But, you know, look at the Eagles, they're missing two studs. Brandon Brooks and um, the kid, the Jets. I wanted the Jets to draft. Uh, starts with a D, I forget already. But uh, those two kids, Dillard, Andre Dillard, those two kids are out for the year. Those two guys are out for the year already. They might be their two best linemen. I mean, I know Brooks is a is a monster. Kelsey is still good. Uh, but Lane Johnson's good. But two of their best linemen, you know, look at that situation. It's, it's a travesty and devastating if a guy like Mikai Becton's lost for the season. That's devastating. Darnold lost loss for the season. That's devastating. McGovern going down. That's terrible. The offensive line is healthy. It's a huge positive. Everyone's overlooking, and the defensive line's healthy too. Their strength is the defensive line. Quinnen Williams, McClendon, Henry Anderson, Phillips, Fatukasi. Their edge is a little bit banged up. Yep, Zuniga was hurt. He's coming back. Uh, Basham's hurt. But the trenches are healthy. That's a huge deal. Yeah, is Jamal Adams going to hurt losing him? Yeah, it's going to kill him. It's a killer. He made up for so much that they lacked in terms of pass rush, in terms of uh, play in space, ability along the edge. You know, Jordan Jenkins, those guys really can't play in space. They're not true edges uh, in the form of needing to stop his zone read. Uh, at least stick with Lamar Jackson to the point where you could set an edge and t- make him turn back up in the zone read, uh, you know, pin your ears back and beat a tackle to the outside. They're not those guys. So Jamal Adams made up for a lot of it. Uh, but for the most part, defense dominated camp. Greg Williams, again, doesn't matter who he has. He gets it done. And the offense is a work in progress. The offensive line, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's a guy who needs time with the offensive line. And it's like he's joining a new team again this year because the offensive line's brand new, all five guys. Alex Lewis wasn't starting week one last year. So I think as a fan, you shouldn't be, woe is me, the season's going to suck. I actually think not winning the headlines and not winning the attention is a good thing in the NFL. That means you're quietly going about your business and doing the right things and acquiring and drafting the right guys like an Ashton Davis who doesn't give a crap about a car and walks to work making millions. So I think it's a good thing. Don't be devastated. Be cautiously optimistic. They have depth. They have the right individuals. There's still work to do and they have to build a foundation on the inside with the trenches and the defensive line. And I think they're on their way. And what, I've, what I saw from camp this summer leads me further to believe that. A couple of Sam Darnold plays here. Uh, won't spend too much time on this. One of his issues this summer, and in his career, but I especially saw it this summer, is he's not quick to reach the outlet. He, he delays. He, he's not quick when dumping it off to his third, fourth option in the flat. Uh, on an arrow route, anything, you know, even a tight end stick, if it's not the number one or number two read, he's not quick in that regard. He picked it up over the last three days. Uh, That Wednesday practice was phenomenal, but, you know, going back and watching the film, it's not his strength. And if he can get that decision-making down, he could be really, really good. For example, here against the Bills first and 10, uh ball in the 41. Which play is this? Griffin to the flat, I think. Let's play it. There's Darnold, there's Griffin. Yeah, good job. This is a decent job. And he reads the defense. He reads the coverage. He knows he has a the receiver on the quick out right there. Who's at Robbie Anderson? And Griffin in the flat. So he's reading these two guys right here. Uh this free safety is really shading to the two receiver side possibly a blitz this nickelback is in kind of no man's land i don't know what the hell he's doing so darnold's basically reading these two guys i mean it would be tough to be a man call based on this guy's alignment so he's got to think it's some kind of matchup zone and those two guys are so far off the ball eight nine yards and another zip code darnold knows pre-snap where he's gonna go he knows and when he knows he's great and he delivers the ball perfectly It's when he doesn't know and he doesn't give up on the primary or secondary read quick enough where he's slow to get it out to his outlet. Here he knows ball plant he's always throwing from that open position. I don't know how he does it as Blewett says step in the bucket and there's Hernan in the flat hits him In stride. If I said Herndon, I meant Griffin. Griffin, first down. And it's just an example of Darnold's knowing. It's a huge difference between him knowing where he's going to go on a three-step and hitting his outlet when he needs to uh, in good time with perfect accuracy. Here is one of his plus plays. Here is one of his... Not good play. Second and six against the Cowboys. You're going to have a... Oh, no, though. No. This is one of his good plays. He knows exactly where he's going. You'll see the next one uh, coming up, the one I'm referencing. But he knows exactly where it's going. It's a design swing to Bell. Hat on hat. Right here. Right here. It's a design swing. And watch where Darnell places it. Goes it right here. Leads him perfectly. He places the ball. Perfectly. to bell. It's a great job. Picture perfect. He knows where he wants to go pre-snap. Gets it done. Delivers an accurate ball. These are the plays that no one's worried about with Darnold. When he knows, and this was a design swing, there's no question about it. When he knows, he gets it done. And he delivers it with accuracy and in time. I believe this is the one that I was referencing previously where he doesn't deliver it in time. And why? Because he had some thinking to do. Nope, this is not the one. My apologies. This is a screen, again, great example. He knows it's going to be a, a wide receiver screen out of the close bunch. Perfect. Perfect, and he led him too. From here, leads the receiver. Great job. Again, again, Knows where he's going to go pre-snap. Boom, quick release. Good job. Throwing from that open position we've all come to love about Darnold. Fourth and two in Miami. Again, another example of knowing where he's going to go, reading it quickly. Damaris Thomas, great execution by Jets tight end there. I think it's Griffin. First down. Delivered perfectly, even with a man in his face. Bell, I think he wants that one back. But, I mean, it's pretty simple. These Miami defenders do a terrible job. You really want to, you really got to play air rays. You really got to match here. And even if they tried to, they couldn't do it because Robbie Anderson and Griff, is that Griffin or Brown? I can't tell. Do a great job. A gap blitz. Bell gets over. Darnold. Great job. when he's forced to read the play and roll through his progressions is when he starts to struggle a bit. Dallas here. This is a play where if he hits his outlet and he knows when to give up on the deep stuff, number one and two, he could easily, easily set his guy up on this shallow cross, excuse me, with great yak. Watch these guys up here. I watched our routes. Uh, Dallas is in a three deep, looks like. Single high, four-man rush, three deep. And this is a great play call against a three deep. Because this guy's going to clear everything out, and then you have the shallow cross coming. Is it a high-low? What's, what's Crowder doing here? Is that Crowder? Yeah. So, Darnold takes it. Looking to the left, looking to the left. I think he's looking for this guy. We'll see it on the other angle. At this point, he doesn't have it. Look at your outlet. Look at your outlet. What down was it? First and 10. Look at that shallow cross. If he gives up and finds a shallow cross and hits right here, these defenders are vacating. They're getting cleared out. Right here. Set him up right here. Hit that outlet and do it quickly. Instead, Darnold holds it, holds it, holds it, waits, tries to get to the shallow cross too late, give up on that first or second read earlier. This is where he's going to make the biggest difference this year. If he can give up on those first and second reads earlier, when they're not there, tremendous. He'll be tremendous. Left, 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 first read, first read, it's not there. Now look for the shallow. He moves his head to the center right here. If he throws it. Vander is ain't getting there. He's shuffling. If he throws it right now, leads him here. I, I can't tell who that is. I think it's Vincent Smith, but I can't tell. It's going to be a big play. No, it's Demaryius Thomas. It's going to be a big play. That's a linebacker. That's Jalen Smith on him. And Darnold has time to get rid of it. But he doesn't. He doesn't. I think he tries to look at a different player again. Last moment. Sacked. Another one. Dallas, this one is to Vincent Smith. You'll see Darnold. Again, it's a longer developing play. Five, seven step completes it to Vincent Smith. But again, too late. Too late. Where does he look first? Turns left, now turns right. At this point, what do you have? You could pop it to Bell in the flat. That's a a legit chance. That's a legit shot right there. What is it, second and six? You can't tell. Second and something. About second and nine, I would say. But he looks right, looks right, looks right, right now. If he looks for Smith and hits Smith right now, he can get a couple extra yards in the act and make it a third and three. But he waits, he waits, right there, off the plant right there, Smith. On the sit, right there. Doesn't do it. Waits, waits, waits. He has to make a tough catch. Watch Darnold's head, his eyes here. Get out of the way, camera. Left, right, 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 plant. Nope. Do it quicker. Starts with the meaningless meaningless look to the left. He wants to go to the right the entire time. Plant looks at Bell. First Griffin, then Bell. At this point... Come back, come back to Smith, hit him. Don't waste all that time, but he does. Just happening, breaking Jonathan Harrison, excuse me, has posted on his IG that he's been released, which is a shocker. Jonathan Harrison released. He thanks the fans and the organization. Uh, Let's see here. One owner, two general managers, three online coaches, hundreds of teammates, and thousands of diehard fans. It's been a hell of a three years, and I enjoyed every single day of being a Jet. I first want to thank the organization for, my, for the opportunity to be a part of the Gangrene family. From the first time I visited Florham Park, I've been treated with the utmost respect and professionalism. Being the recipient of the team's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award was truly an honor and a memory that will forever be seared in my soul. For that, I thank you. To my brothers in the locker room, damn, I'm going to miss you all. So this is the second shooter drop in the 53 man roster. And already, feeling like in feeling like I'm in the NCAA tournament. One down. One incorrect already. And Saturday isn't even here. So I'm sure a lot more will be incorrect, ladies and gents. But aside from that, you know, we'll just wait till Saturday and see what happens. Uh, it 's eight thirty right now. This should get up on YouTube and through the podcast system within the next hour. and tomorrow will be one hell of a transaction day in the NFL, including the jets, and we 'll see what their final first initial 53 man roster looks like, as we know that 's kind of a silly tradition to prog- prognosticate and celebrate because it changes within hours after you set that first 53 man roster. Um, But until next time, uh, check out Sabo Radio on iTunes, rate, review, check out JetSixFactor.com, Cool Your Jets podcast, Blue It's Blitz. And again, we're going to start doing the live stuff. So get your phones ready, call in, chat on YouTube, do all that stuff. We'll probably start it next week. I'm thinking three a week of these live shows, maybe Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, I think that might be the ticket. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And Sunday would be after each game. So Tuesday, Thursday, then after each game. You know, whether it's Sunday, Monday, what have you. So be on the lookout for that next week. That's coming. YouTube and Facebook. Uh, like I said, iTunes, Blew It's Blitz. Check out the first live episode that we did two days ago. And until next time.